Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where we discuss all the movies that have blood, tits, punk rock music, and yeah. Penises. Yeah, you, you know what we're Always about the penises, point. Ryan. Always with the penises. Mm-hmm. You always forget the penises. Yeah. This Bulges. week is our new kind of category here. Yeah. In between the sex, the violence, and the mm-hmm. punk rock picks, but this could have easily been... A punk rock pick, I think. Yes. So the new category is palate cleanser. This is a little bit of sorbet for you guys. A little bit, and it is. Uh, you know, I'm am just gonna get right into it. It's amazing, and yeah! we we watched Sing Street for those of you who are paying attention at the tail end of last week. Yeah, for those um, of you who blindly listen to us, I mean, thanks. That's awesome. Bless yeah. your heart. I am so thankful you picked this movie. Quite honestly, it, it it's it's a movie that's eked its way into my top 30, if not my top 20 movies of all time. Yeah, right. I believe, like, within a week of meeting you, I told you to see this movie. Yeah, you did. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I'm like, also like, it's I do, on like Netflix. I do most things. Yes. Like, I, had a, I had a friend over yesterday who was uh, talking to me about Venture Brothers, and I was like, all right, I'll get there. Yeah. And then he he was, like, forcing clips of it on me, and I'm mm-hmm. like, and that just puts me another six months off uh-huh. from not watching it. No? They were, they were not good clips for you? I, I, I didn't know the context. Oh, yeah. No, watching random clips of Venture Brothers does not work. Watching random clips of anything is... Yeah. yeah. It's nonsense. It'd be a very, very strong show to kind of pull that off. And uh, Yeah. Now, Venture Brothers is a show that builds on its history. Mm-hmm. So just diving right in doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. A clip from, like, season four. I'm like, it's yeah, kind of funny, mean? but I'm sure in context it's, sure. it's better. The but. monarch is kind of funny, but he's a great character in the context of the show. Fair enough. Maybe I'll get to it. Yeah. C- to come it. around. So I mean, would, you li- would you like to tell us what... Sing Street is all about. All right. So, listeners, I've had this conversation with basically everyone I speak to, even a little bit about movies. This was my number one favorite film of last year. I, I saw it in theaters like three times. Ooh, I'll actually say something. From last year, mm-hmm. my favorite was La La Land. I am allowed to switch that out, and I'm doing that now. Yeah! That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, oh no, guys. Go ahead, just go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll save my... Yep, so, so, yeah, you're, 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 you, I'm very, very, very pleased that you are glowing of joy at this film. I, don't know, I saw this randomly, so I saw trailers for it. I like this director, Pat, um, what's his name, Patrick Carney? No, that's fucking guy from... It's John Carney. John Carney? Yeah, Patrick Carney's a fucking guy from the Black Keys. But yeah, John Carney, he also did Once, which I think is a beautiful movie. I have not seen Begin Again. I started watching it, and I was kind of put off by the whole Starbucks kind of feel to the whole movie. I have seen parts of that. Michelle Monaghan loves that. Yeah, it, and it was it looks on one cute. day when I woke up, and I was like, "This seems like your typical like romantic comedy set in New York story." Yeah, it's you know Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knightley singing Starbucks Rock. I'm like, yeah. "Whatever, fine, okay." Adam Levine is quote unquote acting in it, and I'm like, "Whatever, I don't care." But this movie, I, I caught it in theaters. So if I saw trailers for it, I heard the song "Drive It Like You Stole It" plays in the trailer, and I'm like, "This movie looks fucking perfect. It, it's exactly my wheelhouse." And I saw it in the theater in New York because I was randomly in town to go um, uh, to go see a concert or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I had time to kill. And I caught it, and I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I love this fucking movie so much. So, I've been telling literally everyone I met about this movie. Very few people have bit onto it, which is a shame. I'm glad Ryan finally did. But the premise is very, very simple. A young man in Ireland, he's uh, kind of struggling in his high school. He decides to form a band to impress a girl. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, hijinks ensue. Yeah, some awesome hijinks ensue. It is such a uh, a great movie in like so many aspects of like, it, it resonated with me personally because I was like that kind of kid in mm-hmm. high school where I was like in a band and I was doing it to like kind of meet girls and everything like that. That's but awesome. I never really dove down. I didn't have like the the spiritual leader that he had in his brother Mm -hmm. which was really great to see because his brother kept giving him like homework almost yeah where it was the first uh the first like time they get the band together he's he's like you don't be a fucking cover band like Mm -hmm. that's boring form your own identity and he keeps throwing him records here's homework here's Here's joe jackson and here's the the cure with each like set of records he gets his homework you kind of see that his style changes mm-hmm. in his personal appearance yeah by the end of the movie he actually has like what you would like he goes through like numerous changes throughout the the final like show that they put on yeah where he opens with kind of like this um glam kind of thing. this glam like this glam like 
uh, David Bowie meets The Cure kind of look to going with like a little bit more schoolboy, like ACDC, but like lighter look mm-hmm. to him. And then by the end, he's totally himself. Yeah. And that final song they play at their first gig, I think is the most uh, like personal that that band is. Uh, the Brown Shoes song. The Brown Shoes, yes. It, it, it's Every song they go through is very personal, but by the time they get to that point, I think they've found and they're comfortable with the, uh, their own identity. I think that's what this movie does incredibly well. It it tackles the creative process brilliantly. That at first you're just ripping people off, and then you start to learn from your, you start to pick up from your learning from, and then eventually you find your own style coming out of it. That you see him basically like their songs coming through, and I love every single one of these songs. They're the all first fantastic, song and you're is, you're totally right. It, it, there is like the uh, drive it like you stole it is like kind of like a rip off of a uh, man eater. Yeah, there's that exact and same baseline. It is so fucking good to the point mm-hmm. where I'm like. I don't know which one I like better, Drive It Like You Stole Me or Man. Uh-huh. They're both great. I love Drive It Like You Stole like, so much. I think one of my favorite points in this movie is when they're filming the music video for Drive It Like You Stole It. Yeah. And oh, the you, entire like 80s music video? The perfect 80s so, music it's video so they good. make? Like, it's, I'm not ashamed to admit, Like I, I was tearing up at this part because mm-hmm. like he's constantly looking at the door waiting for this girl to come in. Rafina. And as he's looking, the camera kind of spins and the music video turns into what he had originally imagined yeah. uh, that that video would be and his imagination for what it should be is so good yeah it, it's a perfect 80s music video it's it, fucking and awesome it's, it's perfect 80s like flair of everything you want like oh my parents are getting divorced and now they're in this video with us and they're they're back together my mm-hmm. older brother's protecting me silly the night girl fight. in my dreams is here dressed up like an american girl at prom uh-huh. i'm killing it with my band this is kind of, <laughs> this this really is like a, a better version of back to the future mm-hmm. it, it's so fucking good yep Correct, right? Damn it! It's yep. such a good movie. Gabe was right. Gabe was Gabe so right. Gabe was right. Gabe, it, it made me like want to like walk down the halls of my memory of my teenage youth of being in bands mm-hmm. and like trying to like court girls through my shitty punk rock music. Yep. It's ugh. I can't awesome. express how enough enough how good this movie is. Mm-hmm. Just pure unadulterated fun. Yeah, I think it's what John Carney does. It's he creates. These movies that are surprisingly, they shock you with their feel-goodness. Because they're about music. And I think that's, and I, I, I've always said to people that if I had to be blind or deaf, I'd pick blind every day of the week, even though I'm a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It's that I can live without movies. I can live without sight. I can't live without music. I, would, I don't think I would want to go on without music. Because like that, that's much more important to me than anything else. Which is kind of funny considering I've never played music really. Yeah. But, you know, that's just the person I am. But what John Carney does, like, my favorite scenes in this movie, beyond music videos and actual songs, is when uh, Eamon, um, he's, like the, he's like the edge to the protagonist. His name is Connor, it's who is Bono. That, like, he's a musician, he's a songwriter, basically. And whenever they write songs together, like uh, Going Up, that's maybe my favorite song in the movie. Okay. That, that, I love that scene where they're putting, like, they, he just shows up at his house late at night, and it's like, hey, want to write a song? I was like, yeah. And it just shows them sitting, like, you know, those sessions where you're sitting with your buddy mm-hmm. and you decide to do something creative together. And they're just picking out their favorite parts. And then they, across the night and into the next day, you see the song come together and it's fucking beautiful. Like, I love that cut oh, where that, it circles that, all that, the that way around. That scene where it kind of builds upon yeah. and we're adding one instrument at a time. Mm-hmm. And it circles around and you hear, like, the, fi- like, the final version of it. And, and you're his like, mom's oh. dancing. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it. so fucking, what's wonderful. It's, and, uh... like, like, that was the scene where I was like, okay. I love this movie, and I really like. There's such small, wonderful character touches that are writing of it. Mm-hmm. Like when, like the second or third time, I forget which one. When uh, when Connor just shows up at Eamon's door and she goes, "Hey, want to write a song?" It's like always. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like, dude, it's so. Good. Yeah, like, it, it hits you right in the feels with like minor moments mm-hmm. like that. Entire movies do like can't capture how great that little moment is and this movie's full of them yeah. like i see a lot of fucking movies and so many of them don't even know what they're doing of characters and this has so many lovely moments that stick with you like that it, it's like it's, yeah that's uh, that's how you show a friendship and a partnership it's fucking great it's so good I, I i felt some of the band members get a little bit underserved yeah with screen time but i think that kind of plays to like what um what some really good bands are like, mm-hmm. where you have one or two guys or girls in the band who are more standouts, and the other people in the band are more like background, don't yeah. want the spotlight as much. Mm-hmm. Which you can see from like the when they finally play their first gig, and Connor says to Eamon, like, 
do we go for the slow song? And then they're like, no, we're not playing a fucking slow song. They love uh-huh. us. We're going to a fast song. And he's like, it's ballsy. Let's do it. Yes. And that's what I like from that that kind of thing. You have mm-hmm. you have to show like these two are the ones who are the driving force behind the band. Yeah. I think the other guys don't. They I think they take it as seriously, but you can see from these two characters yeah, that the, the band is, is their life. Yes. It's oh, like goddamn. You just there is every character is served well enough. Even even the other band members like uh, like uh, Nagig the uh, the keyboardist. And I don't even know the names of the uh, the bassist and the drummer. Yeah. But they they, they, had, a, they had a great moment coming into the band. Like mm-hmm. they need a bassist and a drummer. I, uh-huh. That's British. I can't do Irish. I guess yeah. as well in this. You just really but, round out your eyes. Yeah. Irish. Irish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it, it, even they get their little moments you really enjoy. Like you see like like the bassist. Like you see the videos. He dances at the old lady and everything. There's a lot of there's so much small wonderful character stuff in this thing. It's, it's amazing. It's. Like simultaneously, like one of the best romantic comedies, teen movies, and mm-hmm. like musical movies that I've ever seen. I'll, I will make that bold statement. I mean, there, there's like when you see like a great like teen movie. Uh, I think a lot of times like that term teen movie gets thrown around too much, and it gets attached to a lot of things. And when you hear teen movie, you're like, I don't want to go see this shit. It's it's something like a sixteen year old boy is going to like take his girlfriend to, so he can yeah. maybe finger fuck her later in the night. Sure. And like, okay, those movies have their place. But then there's ones that transcend and rise above. Yeah. Like your Breakfast Club, yeah, your, your John Pretty Hughes. in Pinks, your John Hughes movies. And this is almost like an echo of that. Yeah. There's a moment in it that really captured that to me. It was when they were filming, uh, I think it was maybe their second music video, and they're by the ocean. Yeah, the cure and, one. And they're try- they say they want the girl to like jump off the edge and land on like the, the pavement. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's yeah. going to pretend to jump into the sea. And she actually jumps into the ocean... And it's, she can't swim. She's, she, she's I can't a great swim. character as well. Oh, she really is. Very well-rounded. Uh, so Connor jumps in after her because she can't swim. And she's the one who's been you know, the object of his desire the entire movie. He pulls her out. And from listening to his brother, like, have you kissed her yet? Have you kissed her yet? He just automatically in that moment, while they're both soaking wet laying on the steps, yeah. he just goes for it. She's like, yeah, never do anything by half measure. He's yeah. fucking does and he, it. And he fucking takes a chance and he does it. And that, and then he ruins it, which and makes then he it ruins better. It. Yeah. The whole thing, yeah. Which makes it even more real. Yeah, and there's more... such a sensitively, smartly written movie. Like, I don't feel there's anything really original about this movie. It's a lot of, like, bits and pieces taken from everywhere. Yeah. But it's so But the well way it's executed. Done. The execution is perfect. I love every character. I, I look forward to scenes coming up all the time. Mm-hmm. For me, like, that, that's a sign of a movie I'm not really that into, especially on a rewatch, is give me a, re- give me a reason to keep on looking forward to scenes by the end. Because if, if I don't, if I'm not still sitting there waiting, I'm like, oh, my, one of my favorite parts is coming up, I'm kind of out. Yeah. And that'll happen with a lot of even some of my favorite movies. I like how it, uh, like, let's talk about the, the female character here, uh, oh. Rafina. Yes, sir. When she first came on screen, I, I the movie pulled like a total like 180 on me because I thought it was going to be like, she's going to be this older chick that he's like really pining for. And it really illustrates like she looks like she's much more mature and older mm-hmm. than he is. And throughout the movie, the more he plays his music and gets into, like, being a musician and lead singer of this band, his confidence goes up. And you can see it, like, in how the character is portrayed. He just looks older, like he's her equal. Yeah. There's a, uh, earlier in the film, it was very unbalanced. Always the staging is that she's always on the steps looking yes. down at him. So now, like, when I first saw her in the movie, I was like, man, this is going to be that bitch character who, no. uh, who just is just a real jerk to the, the guy all the time, and he's yeah. going to realize, like, he was chasing after a woman who was out of his yeah. league. But no, he kept after it. Everyone is also a realistic teenager in this yes. movie. No one is like a weird, like twenty-two-year-old pretending to be a kid. Because I mean, I mean like it, in I the mean, music first music video, there's that wonderful little bit there that makes her such a real character. Whereas she shows up, you know, she's kind of like fronting a little bit, like, oh, I'm busy, I have all these shoots to go to. Yeah. She arrives, you know, in style of all of her clothing. She's so like, so everyone, I'm running late, but oh my god, what are you guys doing? And she messages, she, um, she messages, she mentions to him, it's uh. It's like, yeah, um, you can't tell, but maybe I'm wearing a little bit of makeup too. And she even her makeup's yeah. a bit overdone. It's like everyone is a teenager who's trying to be cooler than they are, but you know that they're doing their best and they're not that cool. But you love yeah. them anyway. It's uh, it's like you said, like everyone is like a actual teenager. Like we all knew that girl in high school who was like that hot chick everyone pined after, but she was dating the older guy. Yeah, and that who like that, that that character is represented here. Uh, another character that I love that they did the the turnaround with me on was the bully. 
Mm-hmm. Where you're like, man, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, what do they do? They recruit him to be their roadie and essential, yeah. essential like bouncer. And I'm like, you know, it's little touches like that that I just love. That mm-hmm. you're not, you're if you're gonna introduce a character, you're going to use them and use them effectively. Exactly. And they do that with, I'd say almost everybody they introduce. Yeah. Everyone changes. I think that's that's a screenwriting thing that people need like learn that I've I've been learning still. It's that your protagonist needs to change. It doesn't matter if. Uh, if it's a bad change or a good change, as long as they a character has a need to change, that's all that's important. So when you when you meet someone, they have to be different but the same by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You don't just throw someone in there to be kind of one note, like in uh like in Frank. Not mm-hmm. to bring it back to that one, it is just kind of everyone is basically one note, and by the end of it, everyone's basically. This is what I wanted Frank to be. That's why I picked this movie. It's because I saw Frank, and I'm like. This didn't go where I wanted it to, and I didn't really enjoy this. It's not weird. It's not fun. It's there. And this movie is, it's not necessarily weird, but it's exactly your memories, and it's fun and exciting. And it builds, and it builds, and it builds. Characters change. You fall in love with characters. You fall out of love. You fall back in love. And something happens, and there's a climax Mm -hmm. to the movie that is just so fulfilling. And there's two, cli- I think a great movie has two climaxes. That's always what they tell you in the screenwriting books. Mm-hmm. I think the first climax is the, uh, is a driver like you stole it video. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is the actual gig. And mm-hmm. it goes up from there. It's, it's fucking great. It's uh, like very few movies do, they end and I immediately want to watch them again. Yes. And this is one of them. Yeah. Like it's at the point where I want to show Michelle Monaghan like this movie Fuck like yeah. tonight. Because I like, I want to spend... An hour and twenty minutes getting to the drive it like you stole it scene mm-hmm. because it's so fucking good. like I want that on a loop constantly. Mm-hmm. I want it tattooed on my face. Dude, I, I don't I know really, how you do that, but this, I want the it done. soundtrack was on my playlist like on Dude, loop for months. As soon as I was done doing it, I had my honey do list today to like take care of shit around the house, and I put on the soundtrack while I was like emptying the dishwasher and doing shit. And this was like. Three minutes after I the did movie ex- I walked out of the theater. So I put it on my Spotify good. and I listened to the whole thing. I walked to meet my friend. Like the second it's over, you want to be back in this movie. A hundred percent. This was my number one for a reason. I, I am. I'm a critical asshole. You really are. And like watching this, I was like, I I kind of had it in my head that like this was your favorite movie mm-hmm. of the year. And I was like, okay, let's see why he liked it so much. And watching it, I was like, oh, I fucking get it. Yeah. Like it's it's it, it places me the complete art snob and also 80s nostalgia nostalgist it, it's it's not 80s nostalgia in like a stranger things sense yeah. where they and they're it's not like even tagging. tacky about it either I, I think they're just in the 80s i think it's just because it's not set in america oh. that we're not recognizing like as much of it like it's it's so. a distinctly 80s movie mm-hmm. but it doesn't have as much of like the pop culture references aside yeah. from like the the records they're listening to and the occasional music video on the tv yeah i, I think that that's a lot of like period like like recent period film like films mm-hmm. will kind of fuck up they'll just throw references in your face just to be there mm-hmm. no this movie is just a realistic story about what what it's like to be in the 80s and but they, even when they, they do, do throw a reference so well. it has purpose like when exactly. they talk about it's back to the future use. yeah i'm like oh okay this movie was set in 1985 so of course they'd be referencing a movie that came out like earlier that like yeah 84 was back to the future it was 85 i thought 85 was I it think okay so. it was 85. oh yeah 1985. okay this yeah. would have been autumn he's like in a new school year but either way, like it, it serves a purpose because he's referencing that movie to like reference his own like music video shoot. Mm-hmm. I can't stop talking about that scene. I yeah, love it so it's much. It's amazing. I love all my heart. Like I love it's the whole it's thing. equal part. It's like heart, and you want to like cry while watching it because she's not showing up, and yeah. like he he's doing what he wants to do, but it's mm-hmm. not. Oh my fucking god. Yep. Hey, listeners, that, oh, that thumping it. noise is Ryan hitting the table because he loves this movie that much. I I really do. Like it. Yep. I, Ugh, told you. I can't, I can't express hate it. To say I, told like, you so. I hate that it doesn't fit the format of the show, but yeah. like it, as a palate cleanser, as as a human being, like you need to go watch this movie. It is yeah. so good. It is. It's pure joy. I I, I love this movie with all my heart. <sighs> Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm probably gonna watch it again tonight. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, that's what I did. I saw it right away, and I want to see it immediately. It was to the soundtrack. The day I knew it was out on Blu-ray, I bought it, and I showed it to my parents. I showed it to everyone who's willing to watch it. And everyone who's watched it loves it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I would love to, like, that's the one thing I didn't do in, like, research with this, was look on, like, the Rotten Tomatoes and find the negative review, because it's, like, a 96 or something on yeah. there. Who, 
Who the fuck are the 4% of people who thought this was a garbage movie? I'm sure no one thought it was garbage unless you're some kind of horrible human being. But, you know, like, some people just kind of... You think they have, like, technical problems with it and that's forcing a negative? Because, like, even from a technical standpoint, it's it's shot pretty well. I stare, I look for technical problems, and this film is perfectly fine. It doesn't do anything masterful, technically, besides the Driver Like a Stole It video, which is fucking genius. Yeah. Really, it really is. I love the way that's cut. I love the way it comes into it, the way it shoots. It's fucking perfect. But not like... I remember uh, Film Spotting did their top ten last year, and uh, it was number two on Adam's list, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. It was his number one, his halfway through list. But he saw a documentary called Tower that made his number one. Oh, yes, I, I heard Tower's remember great. Hearing this, yeah. But um, the other reviewers were like, yeah, I saw Sing Street. It was good. I guess some people don't have the same kind of, like, pull for this kind of story, I guess. I, 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 I don't agree with them at all. I'm like, how do you not love this movie? It's fucking everything. <clears throat> Especially for someone who, like, the the guys in the film spotting a little old and lived through... 80s time yeah. period like especially if you lived through that time you should maybe be... if you have no fondness for the 80s nor that kind of music and maybe it, it's good like i don't think daniel would like this i think daniel would think it's fine but yeah. he wouldn't love it he'd be like it's a movie about 80s music i don't like 80s music and 80s i'm like music is amazing. well you yeah. and i you and i bonded very early yeah. over 80s music well, we, we love 80s music it's and 80s movies yeah. it's probably one of the best decades ever for pop culture oh. in my personal opinion I absolutely agreed I oftentimes wonder what it would be like if I was born in, like, 1970 and I get to, like, grow up in the 80s and enjoy all this shit because now it's, like, when I talk about these kind of things, a lot of people in our age group are, like, don't understand our references. No. So, like, being, like, dropping a Blade Runner reference or, mm-hmm. like, a Motley Crue lyric to someone, like, what? I don't, I don't follow. I don't follow. And then it's, it, it works, it works both ways. Music. Now when somebody drops me, like, a, 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 a lyric from... A, I don't know, throw a rock and hit an artist that's popular right now, I'm not going to pick it up. I'm like, who... I, I have to ask my wife all the time, like, who, like, a certain celebrity is. I'm like, who's that? What are they famous for? Oh, uh, they have a reality show. I'm like, cool. What? Yeah. Why are they famous? I don't know. Lee knows best. Eat a dick. I don't know that, even what that is. It's a, uh, it's a bunch of rich white people who have a show about, uh, about um, their lives. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. No, if you know, it's a weird thing is that I don't listen. I don't understand modern rock music, like pop rock music. Such I really as? like like Imagine Dragons or whoever, or like Arcade the Fire. Well, I think like I like my indie, like quote unquote alternate rock, like Arcade Fire. Even them, I I'm am, not that I big a fan a, of. I have a big. I don't really I get Arcade that. Fire. I think they're fine. The first album back in 05 was like, guys, have you heard this thing? Because it was new. Yeah. And everything else they've put out, I just don't care. It's fine. Whatever. But you're imagine, it's, it, again, to go back to something we talked about last week, it's all very bro-y. Yeah. There's something bro Like, every time I see, stuff. like, I forget what movie it was. Um, it might have been Zero Dark Thirty that used the Imagine Dragon song. And we can it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Can we play the song without showing fucking automatic weapons? Like, Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. It's not it's not our thing. But Ryan, a question I've always liked posing to people, because I don't I'm I am absolutely like an elitist hipster douchebag. But do you think you'd still like the things you like if things were reversed and broy people were into the things you loved? Is it just because of them, or is it also no, just kind no? No, it's I have I have a, a, a like a legitimate love for these things. Like I've talked about like numerous times in the podcast before about like being the the kid growing up who was the only one who was like hyper into Motley Crue. Yeah, and I still to this day will defend Motley Crue. If somebody who I hate and detest is also into the crew, cool. That's okay. one thing we both like. Like, I don't know. I don't think it has to be, you know, a thing where, you know, if it's if it's popular, you can't like it. Yeah. I think that that's... I mean, it, it kind of does, like, hit me at certain times, like, like I discussed before about, like, as soon as I got out of high school, comics became cool. Yeah. And that was, like, my my niche, my market for mm-hmm. a while, and now everyone's into it. It, it. it takes it away a little bit because it's like your camp was so small and now it's bigger. Yeah. But you have to look at the positives of it. Like, now that you have a bigger camp, there's yep. an opportunity to get more content out of the thing you love. I agree. I think it, the, the problem for me is always just oversaturation. That yeah. 
if no one had ever heard of Lady Gaga before, and I and she's like this only this pitchfork artist, I'd probably be a huge Lady Gaga fan rather than a sort of kind of Lady Gaga. Like you know, I love Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent is one of my favorite musicians like ever. She's really blowing up now, which kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. with that. But if, say for example, in two thousand eight, um, Saint Vincent was as big as Lady Gaga and everyone and their fucking mother loved her I would probably be much more hesitant to get into it whereas if Lady Gaga was this quiet thing I'd be like guys you should really be listening to Lady Gaga she plays this awesome retro 80s pop kind of dance rock music it's awesome and no one knows it but me I guess there's just ownership and oversaturation the second something becomes yeah. too popular I if I start hearing it everywhere I go I will start being irritated I knew um when I was uh, growing up, the like uh, like oh four oh five was like kind of around the time when like pop punk was starting to like pop mm -hmm. a little bit more, and I had two friends who had, uh, had ta talked about this kind of thing, and one was a guy, one was a girl, and the guy had said about the girl like, oh she's just upset because the band that she had kind of chosen as her pop punk like indie rock band was the one that blew up. Which one was that one? Uh, Fall Out Boy. Oh. So everyone kind of like picked their own band that was like, this is my group, this is, you know, mine. Everyone took ownership of like one certain band. Sure. And for better or worse, I mean, she was lucky or unlucky enough to have her band be the one that blew up and then be pissed off because everyone was on the bandwagon when she was on it three years previously. Is that just, is that anger justified? I think that's, that's always my question. Uh, the question of being punk rock but is it, how punk rock can you really be if you're rich? It comes down, like, do you want to be... How do I say this? About like, a band puts out an album. Yes. They get popular. Mm -hmm. Then they have more resources to make a second album. Yeah, you Does should that be make glad it better that or worse than the first art. album? Because the, for the first album, they had to like scrape everything together sure. on their own, and it, your first album's always real scrappy. A lot of like, there, there's a reason there's the the sophomore slump in mm -hmm. creative arts. It's because it's the thing that happened after your first thing, which yeah. you spent your whole life. You know, thinking about trying true to accomplish. Detective. Yeah, true detective. And then when you go to two, do you match the intensity and the creativity of the first one? Or are you just going to, like, rest on your laurels and do something because you didn't have to fight as much to do part yeah. two? If this makes that's sense. That's why I'm always, I'm always put off by sequels, especially when I think they're unnecessary. And that's why I'm very, very... I'm saddened that Kingsman 2 is getting mm -hmm. such bad reviews. Because I really I'm love that I'm tapping about original. Super Troopers, too. Oh, yeah. How, like, well, Super Troopers, I think, is just... Dumb but again, fun. but again, look at like uh, how many of the comedies of the past like five years we've gotten that were sequels that were ten years too late. Yeah, Anchorman, Anchorman two, totally Dumb needless. and Dumber two, Zoolander yeah. two, all unnecessary. Needless. Didn't we say all we needed to in the first one yeah. of all these? Like, I don't need more yucks out of these yeah. characters. I can like just let it, watch let it, it on repeat for the last ten years, die. like I have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this kind of reminds me. We're going back to Sing Street, sort of. Did you like the movie Adventureland? Um, it was all right. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I think I had more problems with the Ryan Reynolds character, like fucking teenagers. Well, she wasn't a teenager; she was a college student. They were all they were all college grads. Eh. She so she was like twenty four. Yeah, but him being like, he looks like he's thirty, and she looks like she's like sixteen. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting case for like, like a sad B side to this, like like the Velvet Underground version of Sing Street, mm -hmm. which is kind of unfortunate because I don't like the Velvet Underground. But that movie was about pretentious Americans, whereas this is about optimistic, non-cynical teenage Irish people. Okay. But like, I think of a, of the music and the pop choices in that. That, like, I I love the replacements. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if like, like going back to what you were saying about being in the '80s, would I still love the replacements as much or more so if I was young in the '80s? Would we still love Hollow Notes because that was pop music back then? If we were in the '80s. That's a good point. Because like, I, I mean, they, they were like, not to say they're not popular now, but they were arguably more popular in their heyday. Yeah. Where they were getting constant radio play. Mm -hmm. they, they were they were top or forty. Would we, or they were would top we have 10 gone hits? even further back to something from Casey the sixties and picked something from the sixties? Yeah. Would we have been listening to only the Ramones from the seventies? So, I don't know. I, I, it's an interesting argument. I yeah. mean, I, I can't say one way or the other if one of us or the other is right. I'm, uh -huh. I just can say that I love yeah. Hall and Oates. Yeah, I think it's just it's just a curious thing. I think that uh, we're we're part of the punk rock culture. I feel like that this is kind of where we're this is a punk rock podcast. So I always like to overthink 
like the placement yeah. of what but is again, punk. I, I always I, I always think of punk rock as more than music. I always think of it as a, a mindset, an yeah. attitude, uh, a DIY kind of thing, if you mm-hmm. will. And that's why like I I agree and disagree sometimes with people who can say like that's punk rock or that's not punk rock. Because it, like you can't really ascribe, you like, can't quantify it. Yeah, you can't quantify it or say it. Like, there's times when I'll tell people, like, "Yo, that's fucking punk rock, dude." You, the way you just did that, yes, that's punk rock. That's metal. You know, it's it, it's it's difficult. It's, a it's difficult to put into like a, yeah, a square hole. Mm-hmm. These are all round pegs. I can dig it. Yeah. Um, so, Ryan, any more last thoughts on how great Sing Street is? It's fucking amazing. It's I'm, on Netflix. You have no reason to yeah. not watch this. It's an hour and a half long. Uh, oh, no, hour and 45. Yep. Yeah, hour about, 40, about 100 that. minutes it standard. It is so good. It is, I, I will say it right now, it is punk rock. It yeah. is sex and violence approved. Mm-hmm. It is in my top 20 of all time, I think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to battle it out in my mind because it's... It's too new. It's, so. it's too new, it's, and it's very sweet. Yeah. For in 10 the years kind of time, see where it is on like, list. Uh, yeah, just go watch it and don't question me. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Listen to me and listen to Ryan. Watch this movie. Like, this isn't going to be like a movie I say to my wife, like, hey, do you want to watch this? It's like, yeah. no, we are watching yeah. this. You, I don't think you'll need no to persuade options. her. It's just a fucking great movie. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. I think you uh, need to be a heartless, 80s-hating wretch to dislike this movie. Yeah. Like, just watch it. And give it like give it that hour and fifteen until you reach my scene, and then when that scene mm-hmm. happens, you're gonna have tears yeah. coming out your eyes, and you're like, I want to finish this because yeah. it's so good. Throw it all the feels. <sighs> yeah, if you even remotely like the '80s, even a little bit, or even this. music, or, wa- or music. watching a watching a movie about how a, a fictional band comes together process. in creative process. Yeah, it's forming a team for how much we dislike friendships Frank, and family. We like love. This. It's got it's got literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. I love the shit out of this thing. I think it's amazing. There's a knife fight in it. It might. It's an '80s knife fight. But, it is know, an '80s knife fight. It's Not. Great. It's probably. I think it's better than uh, MJ's, but it's just me. Yeah, yeah. Because it ends very peacefully. Mm-hmm. It kind of does like a yeah. Snap also, and that point Jack Rayner isn't he just like a dead ringer for like a handsomer um, Seth Rogen? Yeah, I, he. You know, I'm going to talk about the older brother figure too, quick. Um, yeah, we didn't go into him much at all. He's great, Jack. Rayner. I actually, I for for a minute, I thought this was going to follow the the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. aspect and like kill him off at the yeah. end because he was he is kind of like this weird figure where he's a he's a pothead college dropout but he is very john Bender. he is every cool older brother you've ever known mm-hmm. a wall full of like all these awesome records yeah. and giving very sage-like advice but not in a not in a douchebag way yeah all of his advice is very like philosophical mm-hmm. forward thinking and he gets he asks questions of his younger brother to get him to arrive at his, uh, at his own answers yes which i think is a really cool way for like a mentor figure to be mm-hmm. and most mentor figures to me can be like really annoying yeah like they're almost like they're not talking at the protege they're talking at the audience i see and this is totally not that no he's a great character he even gets he gets his arc as well he everyone get gets an arc. arc in this movie except for the sister but i will say the one more, one more scene i love so when they're all dancing to home yeah notes. exactly they're, the parents are and getting divorced right and they're fighting, and mm-hmm. all three siblings no. who are always like kind of like the sister has a, she even like she even like smokes her cigarette and everything. Yeah. She's hanging oh, no, to, and she, just, she and they like dance she, with it. It looks like she was stealing a bit of the joint. Exactly, it's, and she has her moments too. You like everyone in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see like she's kind of left to the wayside, but like that moment with all three siblings, mm-hmm. like parents and are fighting, but we have our own safe space with the three of us, and we're just gonna yeah. listen to Hall and Oates and smoke a joint and like mm-hmm. dance and pretend everything's okay for just three and a half minutes. It gives me chill how much I love this thing they're multiplying yeah so multiplying and I'm losing all control yeah me too <laughs> alright so watch Sing Street it's on Netflix fucking get on it yeah get on it god damn it yeah just alright we're gonna go on break <laughs> and uh, I'm probably gonna watch this on break yeah so let's do it we'll be back in an hour sure. and 45 minutes word bye Hey everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies too, but the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh-oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep, uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon, <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so 
painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what, I know what that's like. And surely... Our... You were in a car that landed in black water? Yeah, I dude, I know. I fucking killed a woman. You fought? Like uh... <laughs> you... Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host, Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping. I just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host, Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl possess? <laughs> Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police. I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, not going no, that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk chugging right wingers though. <laughs> milk chugging. And books into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise book. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio Welcome back from the break, everyone. This is still Sex and Violence. Thank you for that ad, Danny. Fuck you. Fuck you, Fuck you Danny. Danny. We're a Top Gun radio production, by the way, everyone. I like Danny. Yeah, good, good man, good man, Good Danny. guy, but good, fuck good, you. Good Daniel, Daniel. Yeah, anyway. I want the Fuck You, Danny t-shirt. Yeah, we should make that happen. Yeah. Or at least bumper stickers. I'll totally put that on my car. Done and done. Cool. All right, so, Ryan, did you see anything good this week? Um, not... Really? <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, I don't have really have an excuse. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't really watch much. Um, You've been Destiny 2-ing it up? I've been Destiny 2-ing it up, and we had the, I forget if it's the, the largest or not. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The largest free outdoor Celtic festival in North America is... At least the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, is three blocks away from my house this mm-hmm. weekend. So yesterday was my first day off, and I went down to that. You put on your kilt. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I was actually really pissed. My family was pissed off at me. What? Why didn't you put on your kilt? Because my kilt is at my parents' house. Oh, right. So I didn't bring it with me when I moved. Um, so went down there with some friends and family. Had a couple Guinness. Hung sure. out. Uh, checked out some cool Irish tunes. Ate some food. Hung out. Came back here. And then, uh, oh, wait, yeah, we watched I forgot about this. We came back here and continued to drink, and we watched Force Awakens. Oh, Because fun. We, we put on Rick and Morty, and then uh, three of us were out on my fire escape smoking a cigarette, and we were talking about Star Wars, and our girlfriends and wives were all in here, and we were like, you know what, executive decision, we're putting on Star Wars. Sure. Because I, I love Force Awakens. Yeah, like, the one girl had never seen it, and we were just like, three grown men being like, shh, this part right here, we're gonna cry. Here, if you watch the scene, you see how you slowly developed a casual personality of Rey. Unlike Rogue One, where fucking Jin Erso was just fucking there. Fuck Rogue One. Fuck Rogue One. Rogue One sucked. So the the scene where we were all like, shut the fuck up, was when uh, they're the very, uh, it's close to the beginning of the film where they're running through the desert. Like, mm-hmm. we need a ship. How about that one? Yep. That one's a piece of junk. And all of us like, shut the fuck wait, up. Wait, because wait, when they show the Millennium Falcon, if you are talking, I will fucking kill you. I said that to my wife. And, very nice. Um, the Michelle was, Monaghan. She was, she was not pleased with me. But, I, I'd imagine but not. everyone was pleased with the reveal of the William Falcon. So I didn't watch anything new, but I rewatched some Rick and Morty and Force Awakens. Or, I mean, I you? that. What's his name? Uh, I love Finn. Finn and uh, Ray, I think, are fantastic characters. And I will follow them to the end of the Earth. Yeah, I'm very excited for Last Jedi. Yeah, I think I'm it's going to be great. Both. Although, I did read an article, which it was confirmed, which we just talked about last week. The Mark Hamill had a tweet up that he deleted that... Watch Monday Night Football, October, blah, blah, blah. So it will probably be debuting during Monday Great. Night Football. Great. I'm excited. Yeah. But Ryan, what I saw was Darren Aronofsky's new film, Mother! Exclamation Ooh. point. Did you have an exclamation point with your review? Did you um, the theater? Well, you know... Fuck yes? Yeah, sure. That wasn't a yes. It was a fuck no. I, listeners, I fucking hated this movie. I, right. I hated it. Let's tag it right here. 
Spoilers. Spoilers. Because I want you to spoil the whole fucking thing for me. Okay. Break it down. All Why'd right. you hate it? Give me the story. Okay. So, Ryan, now. this movie starts out with a really arresting image, and I was like, okay, cool. It's a woman, a beautiful woman, flames everywhere like a witch, things burnt up. And next thing we know, um, there's Javier Bardem. Like, he puts a little crystal on a little stand. And when he does that... He takes that, his teeth out. You, you know. And then the whole house regenerates somehow. It's like kind of beautiful. It's like, like a strange effect. The house comes back together. And we come up to a bed where there's a sleeping Jennifer Lawrence. And she guts up and she's like, honey, where are you? And then, you know, she walks around. She's Jennifer Lawrence. She's beautiful. It's this beautiful house. Do these characters actually have names? Or are they like mother They're and nameless. Father? It's, it's oh, nameless. fucking... Oh, so we're going that, like, douchebaggy art school. Yeah. yeah, again, listeners, I'm spoiling this whole fucking movie. So, and honestly, I'll, I'm doing you a favor. This movie sucked. So, she goes around the house, and there's Javier Bardem, and he's like, Oh, hello, it, it's me, your husband. You know, I'm also a poet, but I can't think of what to write. My name is Javier. My name is Javier Bardem. Flip a coin. And then Jennifer Lawrence is like, That's cool, you know I love you. I'm going to keep on working on our house, blah, 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 blah. She touches, like, the furniture. Like, she touches a wall. And there's, like, a beating heart in the wall. And she's like, What? That's weird. Ugh. So, it turns into Rosemary's Baby for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of okay. That's kind of cool. I love Roman Polanski's films, not his personal First activities. Point, yeah. he's, a, he's a horrible human being. You don't want to get but, in a hot tub with him? No, God, no. Okay. I would never trust him with my car, money, family, nothing. Or wife. Or wife. God, not necessarily my wife. Um, I mean, I trust him in a room alone if, like, Charles Manson, he'd do something funny. Mm. Anyway. Right pig backwards on a wall. Yep. So, it's still kind of okay. Like, Mike Ed Harris shows up and Michelle Pfeiffer, and there are these strange, unwanted house guests, and they kind of, like... Is it a waste of a good Ed Harris? Is what? Is it a waste of a good Ed Harris? You know, I'll say this. The performances by everyone except Jennifer Lawrence are great. And it's a shame. I think I'm not a big Jennifer Lawrence fan. I don't I, really should, get I never it. understood, like, the, the hubbub around her. Me neither. She's fine. Like, There's I, no, I think I it's don't... because she gave off, like, the, the every girl I guess. kind of thing in <sighs> interviews. Uh, but, like, even her mystique, I've never been a yeah, fan I of. Yeah, I never cared. Um, she's great in, uh, in fucking Winter's Bone. First time anyone ever saw her. She's amazing in that. Cool. But even then, that's not really her. It's a fucking movie that's great. That's a really good movie. You should see Winter's Bone. She reminds me of like a uh, a rich man's... Uh, what's her face? Girl from Twilight. Kristen Stewart? Yeah. She's a rich man's Kristen Stewart. I, you know, Kristen Stewart's been doing amazing work lately. That's what I've heard. So... I don't even want to do any more of this thing. It turns out that it's a fucking metaphor <clears throat> that she's Mother Earth and Javier Bardem's God. His poems are How can scripture. that be? God is white. I know. Fuck. Oh, my God. And Ed Harris is Adam. Michelle Pfeiffer is Eve. Donald Gleason shows up, and I love him, and he's Cain, and the other guy's Abel. And, and then, then Javier Bardem tells him to get out because he's a poison to the... Yeah, he marks his head, and some shit happens. And then, you know, really, all this is happening. You're kind of like, okay, um, sure. This is all a kind of allegorical metaphor for the world. As long as they don't go ape shit, I'm okay. Like, what's the, what's the like, prime, like, motivation for this plot? There fucking isn't one. It's just that they're in a house, and then people keep on showing up, and Jennifer Lawrence is like, what's going on here? This is my house. And, the, oops. And then... The movie loses me when, like, his, like, Javier Bardem writes the most beautiful poem of all time. It's the Bible. And then throngs, masses of, huge masses of people come into the house. And they, the house turns into a literal war zone. It's ridiculous. It's fucking gunfire and masses and explosions inside the house. And Jennifer Lawrence, who's pregnant, is like, what's going on? It's my house. And then they get trapped in a room, and then the baby comes out, and then the masses eat the baby. I'm not kidding. And then they savagely beat Jennifer Lawrence, all while shouting and calling her a whore and a cunt and a slut, etc. They rip off her shirt. Really needless, ugly, pointless violence against her. And then she snaps Mother Earth, like, oh, Mother Earth's angry at all the people, and then she blows up and kills everyone. And then Javier Bardem's like... Oh, I love you. I'm going to take your heart, which is the crystal from the beginning. And he starts all over again with a new wife. Hmm. I hated this movie. Hmm. This is like a fucking pretentious little asshole tell- thinking he's the funniest, smartest, coolest person in the world telling you a terrible allegory. It's fucking terrible. Cool. I, there, know, I, I, I ruined it. the movie for you. Don't see it. It's terrible. <laughs> There's been a lot of uh, controversy about this movie, though. 
I wonder why. Well, people are like, which really surprises me to hear you say that because of how apparent everything is. That like, like if I have to go home and look up what this movie means, then the movie failed. It's like, it, it's I'm, so blatant. There's no uh, question. There's no mistaking it. Are you stupid? Uh, do you know what country we live in? Oh, that's true. Yeah, dude, it's the fu- it's so. We, funny. we live in a country where like a fucking awesome like indie movie can't like sell, but Fast and Furious is going on its thirtieth movie. Hey, I love those movies. Uh, they're okay, but like. Substance ran out a long time yeah, ago. Dude, this movie is embarrassing. It's I think it's embarrassing. From a really good director, too. From a really good... Dude, I love The Wrestler. And I love Black the Swan. The Wrestler, so... Dude, did I ever tell you I took a girl... Uh, before I met my wife, I took a girl on a date to see The Wrestler. How did that go? Uh, not well once we got to uh, <laughs> Mickey Rourke fucking the hooker. Yep, doing blow. And then he, like... Man, that scene where, like, he fa- he fails Evan Rachel Wood again. And she's like, get out of my life. Breaks my... Oh, That's dude, why I... I have not rewatched that movie. That scene broke my heart. It's another heartbreaking scene of, like, him, like, apologizing for not being a good father, taking her to, like, the abandoned amusement park. Yeah, and it's and so... And then the end of that, like, he oh, ruins man, it, it oh, really man, is. Dude, it, oh. it hurts my heart so much. And Darren Aronofsky is a great director. And this I think the is a, amazing, actually. This movie Damn. is fucking terrible. I hated it. I fucking hated it. And I, like, I... Do you like how many of do you like Black Swan? I like Black Swan, like, like Wrestler. Swan? I think Requiem for a Dream is amazing. Is that, I the, like one, is that the one you were talking about? Uh, that Jared and the heroine. Yeah, that? I gotta watch really. that. Yeah, I, I watched that movie and I'm like, wow, such amazing editing. Okay. Oh my god, Ryan Mother was. Matt, some of your favorite directors this year are just letting you down. Yeah, dude. Oh man. Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that I dreamed that had a better ending? Yeah, I heard you talking yeah. about this. As long as the knee doesn't let us down. Now we're actually tied in it. Because mm-hmm. my movie did well, your movie didn't. Mm-hmm. And now we're both excited for the same movie. We'll see. I mean, we'll I was excited Denis. for Baby Driver, not as much as you. But yeah. I think we're both like equal excitement for yeah. uh, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I've, I've been like talking to like, all my uh, my other like groups of friends. and like, yo, you, you guys like Blade Runner, right? I'm like, yeah, we love Blade Runner. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, there's going to be a giant group of people coming to see Blade Runner now. Hell yeah. So we're gonna have a Blade Runner party, and then go to the that bowling alley up the street afterwards and play video games and bowl. Sure, go to Revolutions. Yeah, Revolutions. I'm oh. in. Oh. Um. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, don't see Mother unless you don't really want to hurt yourself. Don't see it. It's Is terrible. It, what do you uh, recommend for this week instead? That came out. Or? Yeah. N- nothing really. Yeah. Man. No, don't, Wind River don't go might see still Kingsman. be out. Don't go see Lego um, I'm going to see Kingsman this week. Hopefully it'll be better than everyone says. We'll I, see. Uh, I broke one of my rules. With that. What happened? I read the plot. Uh-oh, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just telling you I read the plot. Oh. It doesn't sound as good. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably still go see it, but like, it's like pretty... Okay, wait, like, so I think you're going to be able to predict one everything. thing for me? Is Lancelot in it? Briefly. I heard that a lot of the Kingsman stuff goes down for them and I'm like I hate it when a yeah I hate it when a movie builds something don't fucking Alien 3 newt this don't make me care so much about a character only for the next thing to speak that's That's so fucking dumb that that makes me very angry they undo everything good about the first one that's so fucking ah alright I'm at a I'm at a level of like movie watching that I can read the plot of something and be like that's probably not that good. Yeah, Gabriel's gonna. And it, that. it it looks like, you know, the sophomore slump. Oh boy, you should I, see Layer Cake. Layer Cake's great. Okay, I will. Yeah, listeners, don't see Mother. <laughs> go see Sing Street. Yeah, watch Sing Street. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, based on the uh, the Sing Street stuff, let's talk music. Okay, I love music. Are there any concerts that you've been to that you think are like big ones that stick out in your mind? Because watching this movie, like I like. There's been a few concerts I've been to, and a lot of times, like it's the smaller, tighter venues, oh, like like a high school uh, gymnasium kind of feel, like where you could keep all that energy nice and tight mm-hmm. and wrapped. What's uh, what's been a couple of like your favorite like bands you've seen or shows you've been to live? So and I, why? I always come back to three. I, so the bands I've seen the most, I've seen Sandra Lurki. He's a Norwegian singer a bunch of times. He's great, but that's always a small show. But I like a good small show. Um, I think I've mentioned before, my favorite venue in New York is probably the Bowery Ballroom because it's small, it's intimate, it's close. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't have to fight anyone to be in there. 
and I hate Terminal 5 because it's the exact opposite. It's enormous. Everyone who works there is a monster. They oversell every time. Like, I went to go see St. Vincent and LCD Sound System there, and both times were so miserable. I'm just never going back there ever again. Fuck Terminal 5. Fuck you, Terminal 5. You're terrible. You're the worst venue in the fucking world. I hate you. Uh, but I do this obnoxious thing, especially if I'm high at a concert, or I'll start analyzing the show, especially mm -hmm. if someone doesn't want to hear it, like a friend will get really irritated at me. But for me, the most important thing to a live performance is a lead with stage presence. So the two that I saw multiple, no, I saw one band, the only once, another one a couple of times. But um, do you know uh, Chick Chick Chick? It's three exclamation points. No. So I saw them once, and I saw um, CSS, Can't Say This or Sexy. Do you know them? No. They're, they're both basically indie dance electronic bands. Because okay. I like going to concerts to dance, basically. Because okay. if I can just sit and enjoy a show, I'd rather be sitting down. That's fine by me. But the lead singers of both these shows... One of them, um, CSS, CSS has this sexy Brazilian girl with like weird half Asian features as a lead singer, and um, Chick 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 had this regular looking fucking dude with you know just kind of like a tie dye shirt and big hair, like big long hair, and both of them were able to command that fucking stage so well. They weren't good dancers. There weren't, there's nothing particularly like skilled about them, but there's something about the way they moved and fed off each other's energy. Mm -hmm. I remember being so close to the singer of Chick 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 that like, I remember his dance moves because they were dumb, but he was fucking there. His energy was yeah. so much. He was a joy to watch. And uh, the Cyclical girl. energy. Exactly. You know, it to was, the crowd, to the band. Yeah, it was an amazing show. <laughs> I, like, and I, I'm pretty sure I was, I was underage. So I wasn't even drunk for that one. I just loved it. And CSS, that, she like is this weird, like fluttery presence of also like great heaviness. And she also like stripped halfway through of it. But not in like a porny way, but like in a cool way. She was wearing like a wrestling leotard and oh, a nice. cape. And she was dancing around. It was just a great time like these are shows that i will carry with me forever because they're just such the important thing is energy and presence and if you don't have that then why am i fucking paying money to see you yeah what about you ryan um what, what were the shows that that you'll cling to as your gold standard for a performance there's a i mean there's a couple that I, like i've been to like i discussed motley crew i've been to motley crew twice and they're fine um just fine well, I, I mean they're fun Prime. but like you can tell it was probably a lot more, like, it'd be a lot more fun in a giant stadium in, like, 1987. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, now it's just kind of, like, a little bit of, like, I think a little bit of the edge is gone as they're getting older. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. They're still great live, don't get me wrong. Like, I give me a ticket and I'll go. Um, I've seen Gaslight Anthem a couple times live. They're pretty fun, but they're very, like, not not muted, but, like, they're playing the show. Mm -hmm. They're having a good time, but, like, they're, they're like a the energy's not there. The the two shows that stand out to me, though, the most have been um, this kind of, like, poppy punk, like, indie electronica band from England, the Wombats. Mm. I saw them in I've Philadelphia them. at uh, TLA, and it was a small room, and it was really weird because, like, the floor was, like, on, like, a weird incline. So, okay. like, it, the, the back was taller and it just kind of dipped down to the front. It was really bizarre. I went with my uh, my younger cousin. He's four years younger than me. And I was 22 at the time. So we went out, and I was like, dude, I'll drive down. No worries. We go to this, like, Irish bar. And before the show, we're like, hey, let's get some wings. I'll get a beer, whatever. Uh -huh. So he's looking over the beer menu. The waitress comes up and goes, what are you having to drink? And he's like, you know, I'll just, I, I'm just going to have a Guinness. That's all. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. And then she looks at me, and she's like, I know he's 21, but I need to see your idea. <laughs> and like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So we drank Guinness underage with him. That's awesome. And then went and saw the show and it was a lot of fun. It was just, it was a lot of energy. Everyone jumping up and down and it's, you know, I was the cool older cousin who introduced him to this band. Mm -hmm. So it was a cool experience for both of us. Um, the best live show I have ever been to though, has been on Southside right over here mm -hmm. at uh, ArtsQuest area, uh, Igor and the Red Elvises. Oh, where you mentioned this to me. They are one of the most fun bands to see live. And I saw them three or four years ago at... They were having an Oktoberfest over on Southside. Mm -hmm. So I had like randomly gotten a Saturday off from bartending. And I took my wife over there. 
and we were meeting up with some friends of hers, and they're like, yeah, we want to see this band. And like her friends, I was like, yeah, how great fucking sure. taste music do they Let's have? Listen to some Starbucks I'm just gonna, rock. I guess I'm just going to have like a yingling and like chill out and listen to this fucking shitty band that they uh-huh. love. And I got my beer, got in the crowd, and from like the first song they played, I was like, this is fucking amazing. What kind of music are they? It's like... So, the band is from, like, Yugoslavia. Okay. And so, like, it's Igor is, like, the main guy, and he has a rotating cast around him. I think now all the musicians are all female, other than him. Awesome. And it's, like, Russian surf rock, pop rock. Cool. And the songs are so fucking weird. Like, the my one of my favorite songs there is this, it's kind of like a romantic song. It's called Pizza Man from Mars. Sure. About a space alien who comes and starts dating a girl, and he loves pizza. Okay. And then there's a closet disco dancer. So he taught these things a song like "I am a closet disco dancer." And then if you don't like do like the up and down disco dance like with <laughs> him, he fucking yells at you. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's so much fucking fun. Like that this, sounds this, like presents to me. They play every uh, every New Year's Eve at the Sands. Yes. So since we hopefully in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, listeners. Hopefully, if we still have off because it lands on a Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm going there. You should come work. Fuck yeah! It is, dude. A hundred percent, hands down, listeners. If you happen to be in the Bethlehem area on December 31st, go to Sands Vision. I think it's going to be in Vision, uh, okay. the dance room. They, oh, there's so much fucking fun. It's uh, the most bizarre band. If you look them up on YouTube, uh, they're pretty cool. L- look at all live performances, though. Anything that's done like in studio, it just doesn't translate. Makes it's sense. a band like that you, I cannot listen to like recordings of. Uh-huh. I have to see them live. It just it that's the only way to see this band. So, yeah, they're fun. It's infectious fun. The crowd that is there is always a fun crowd. Everyone's always into it. Um, yeah. Come to the show and come, come see us. Yeah, come to the show. We're going to be closed that night, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. They were talking about opening, and I don't want to do that. Uh, Dude, this will be my first fucking New Year's Eve, New off. Year's Eve off in almost a decade. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last one I had off. The last one I had off, I was 18. Oh, wow. Yep. I Damn, worked. dude. Every single one since I was 19 years old. And you're like 40 what? Now? Yeah, I'm 43. Yeah. Man. So a long time, Ryan. Yeah. You look great. No, 27. So. Yep. Yeah, nine years. <laughs> well, let's hope and maybe we'll see you listeners yeah. at the show. Um, Ryan, so uh, That's what's. Funny. Oh, yeah, well, what's next for what's next, next week? Um, Ryan did not pick out sex picks. <laughs> so Ryan's going to look at them and okay. then maybe we'll just do the, the pre. The flip yeah, game we'll, before we'll pre- we watch. Um, I don't really have any ideas because, like I said, I was drinking a lot yesterday. So sure. my apologies, listeners. But you don't really have an inkling of what we're doing next. Some kind of sex pick. It's yeah, back to our sex, sex pick. picks. So we'll do that. And hopefully soon, maybe immediately after that, we'll bring back Adriana Gober. Adriana, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so. You were a wonderful guest. She was, yeah, she she was, was fabulous. Excellent. She was excellent. I'm going to say this guest. every episode until yeah. she's back on. She well, was fabulous. I'm so sorry. You were a good guest. Yes. And you will be again. Yes. And we will talk about Brat Pack and other stupid Yeah, you got, you, got, you got to loan me that. I'm very curious. Oh, yeah, you'll love it. Um, so, Ryan, uh, do some plug-in for us? Do some plug-in. Do okay, some plug-in. you can find us on the Twitters at SNV Podcast, S is in Sex, and as Nancy, V is in Violence Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram, Tango Like Cash. You can see pictures of my cat, some cocktails I made, and maybe some other random shit. And if you're playing the Destiny 2, same thing. Dying like cash, hit me up. Let's Where? do a raid. How about you? Where can we, what can we do with you? Listeners, you can find me all over the internet at Gmara number four series. You can find me there with my Tinder. Not Tinder. I did that again. Ooh. You can find Ooh. me on Tinder. Mm. Actually, my Tinder my name. What, what was my Tinder name? I believe it was um, So Bold, So Fox, because I, I couldn't think of something. And that would always play on my Hulu ads before anything on Fox. Uh, you so change. Bold, So Brash, So Fox. Start a new one. Fuck you, Danny. Should fucking that be good? Um, I really wanted to be Riff Raff Street Rat, like an Aladdin, but Ooh. someone took it. Really? Some other fucking Aladdin fan took um, Riff Raff Street Rat. God damn. I know. I'm, I'm really... We'll find a Disney reference for yeah, you. Yeah, I'll find the right one. Ratatouille. Anyway. Uh-huh. Ratatouille. Let's see. You can find me on Tumblr, as well as the Twitter, at Gmara number four series. You can also find me on Instagram at TumbleDrive5Ys. You can find us on Instagram at Sex and Violence Pod. Please listen to Slow Readers, the other Top Gallant radio production going on right now. We have two new Top Gallant shows coming out very soon, so I'm very excited about that happening. But listen to Slow Readers, where Daniel, William, Reichel, and I talk about books. Books and more books. Books Often politics. and sometimes porn. Porn. Yeah, Danny um, brought up porn for the first time. Yeah, um, yeah. I listened to the episode where you called him out on it. And yeah. He was like, we don't 
talk about porn that much. Yeah. And I've oh, heard we, many we things do, that... apparently. Yep. But please listen to the show. Other than that, yeah, visit us at the bookstore Speakeasy, 56 Adam Street, Buffalo, Pennsylvania. If you come in and you can prove that you personally left a review of our show on iTunes, Gabriel or, or myself will buy you a free cocktail or pour you a shot of something fun. We're there Thursdays through Saturdays. I'm doing some cool infusions these days. Apple yeah, infused scotch, coffee infused frangelico. You're nailing I it. I got some shit coming up. Nailing it. Nailing it. You're like a Roman soldier doing it to our Christ. Yeah. Nailing it. To the board. To the boards. To the fucking board. Like the stage. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that was our show. That's the show. Cool. All right. Well, we'll catch you next week, I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah. Sex. I'm Gabriel Mara. I'm Ryan Snyder. And we will catch you next week for a little bit of sex. Bye, guys. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com. 